Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Satch Bernhardt, and he is a former airline pilot for a U.S. carrier. And currently he is the managing principal at Bernhardt Capital, where they invest in value-add multifamily deals. He's a co-GP on over $77 million of assets and is invested as a limited partner in over $148 million worth of real estate. So Satch, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Aline, thank you so much for having me. Doing great. How are you? I'm good, doing good. I, I was just telling you a little bit about the wind that we're the winds that we're getting here in California. It's a little bit dry, but otherwise being fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't don't complain too much because California <laughs> weather is awesome, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'll take this any day. I'll take this any day. <laughs> it's funny though. Sometimes I remember a couple of years ago when we got these Santa Ana winds also, we'd, we'd be driving down the road and then we'd see these uh, tumbleweeds coming down the freeway. And we're like, where are we in the Midwest or where are we? Yeah, where are they coming from? <laughs> yeah. uh, so Satch, Satch, give us a little bit about you know your background. I know you're an airline pilot. Talk a little bit about that. And then how did you get into real estate? Yeah, absolutely. So I started... Flying was something I wanted to do since I was a little kid. And um, so I guess started flying pretty young. Uh, when I was 18, I started learning how to fly. When I was 21, I became an airline pilot. And when I turned about 25 years old, I uh, quickly realized that the airline lifestyle was pretty tough. You're going way too much every single month working away from home. And I just wanted to find a way to be able to stay home a lot more. And that's what led me down the path of real estate. I had no idea how I was going to do it at the time. I just knew I needed to find a way to supplement my income to be able to drop for some of the audience that are familiar with the airline industry that will understand this. But in the airline industry, you can drop your trips, right? So like you can, you just don't get paid, but you can advertise your trips to other coworkers. And if they want to take them from you, they can just, it's like taking somebody's shift, right? So they will take your shift and they'll work it, right? So you can do that and you just, Obviously, you just don't get paid, but if you have income from another source, that's obviously a pretty good thing, right? And so at the time, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I started reading books, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that just led me down the path of real estate. I started by flipping houses in 2018, and I started growing my income in real estate that way. And I was accomplishing what I wanted to do, and I was getting my income started getting bigger than what I was getting the income that I was making at the airline. So I started dropping all my trips, right? I would just get rid of my schedule, post all my ships, and let someone else fly them. And there was a funny story. There were some months that I would not even go to fly at all. And because the airline was paying for my insurance, you know, that you still have to pay your pro rate a share of the insurance policy. So I had to pay the airline every month a check because they were paying. There, I had zero zero dollars in income coming in from them, so that there is no way for them to deduct it from my paycheck, right? So I had to send them a check so they could cover my insurance. So I thought that was funny. So that was pretty pretty cool for those from 2018 and on. And then what happened in 2020 is that the pandemic hit the airline industry pretty hard, and we shut down. My airline completely shut down, so we were left without a job. Luckily, I already had the real estate stuff going, so I just 
double down on that and went full force and it did not affect me at all right god my i just continue with my life but what i did notice was that a lot of my co-workers and a lot of other airline friends were suffering at the time because not only did our airline shut down but also nobody else was hiring so they could not find a job anywhere else and that was my that's when the light bulb turned on for me and i said you know what i can probably switch this thing around and help other pilots do the same thing that i was doing right i already know how to do real estate and i've already went through all the uh, sacrifices and the mistakes and the failures that you have to go through when you're starting a new venture in real estate so i can help them skip the to the front of the line and start investing in in real estate the way we're doing it and they don't have to do any of that right and, uh, and that way whenever the next cycle in the aviation industry happens or whenever something bad happens uh, uh, to any of them, uh, they can be financially secure. That's what led me to where we are today. So when you were an airline pilot and then at 25 years old, you started getting that realization that, you know, maybe it's not the lifestyle that you're looking for, which is interesting because when people hear about pilots being able to travel from one place to another place, it's such like a, a dream job to be able to do something like that and go see the world and traveling. But at 25 years old, what did you kind of envision your life to look like that kind of led you down the path of looking for other ways to supplement to other ways to at least, you know, create other ways of other streams of income for yourself so that you can live a certain specific lifestyle that you perhaps envisioned at that time? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think there's always been uh, this is probably more like a question from like my therapist or something, but uh, <laughs> there's always been a side of me that has been, that has been very driven, right? Like I've, I'm very obsessed with accomplishing goals and, and pushing things to the limit to see how far I can take it. And when I was at that moment, when I was 25 at the airlines, there were a couple of things sort of like happening at the same time, right? I was feeling that I was gone too much. And then I was not feeling the progression or the self, yeah, like the progression throughout my career that I sort of, that was giving me some sort of feeling of accomplishment. I feel like I just got to a place where nothing else, I could not improve beyond that point. And because it just becomes like uh, many other jobs out there, you know, that you just got to stay in that same position for X amount of years. So, so you get a pay increase uh, year after year after year, right? There's really, you can be the best person in that job and they're not going to pay you more for that. You know, they're just, they're just going to pay you your hourly rate to get in the job done. And that's it. So to me, so I think, I think just someone with my personality, just, you kind of feel like caged in, right? Like there's no room for you to grow. And uh, I think that's probably that among a couple other things there just sort of led me to think, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to like really push things to the limit here. I need to start finding some other ways that I can really grow right now with, when I started in entrepreneurship, I just I just sort of felt like somebody just caught me loose and said, dude, do whatever you think <laughs> is the best thing you can do. Right? Like push it as far as you can. And and just my mind exploded and saying, like saying, look, dude, there is no limits here. Right. I can we have a company right now with 31 employees. And there's like, how much can I do? How much more can I do? Right. I'm always wondering myself, how far can I take it? Yeah, it's it's interesting because we hear that a lot about, you know, the, one of the important things, especially about being humans, is searching for that development, learning, um, that sense of fulfillment, that what you're doing in life is something that's fulfilling you, that's adding to your cup and not just, you know, living every day, just 
just to get to the next day kind of thing. And so it's it's interesting that you learned that or you came across that feeling so early on um, in your career, in your life. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for noticing. And and I don't want to downplay because um, you mentioned traveling and going on trips. And yeah, it's cool. You get to see a lot of things, right? So that, that part is pretty cool. So if anybody listening is is sort of aspiring to be a pilot or flight attendant, you know, for sure, pursue it if that's what you want to do. At the end of the day, just boils down with your personality, right? Like I've met many people that are extremely happy with being gone 20 days out of a month, you know, and just never seen home. And they love that. So I think it just comes down at the end of the day, just personality wise. Yeah, personality wise and lifestyle choice and what what that means for you in your life. And does it make sense or not? Right. So when you decided that you wanted to start pursuing different ways of getting involved in real estate, how did you get into your first flipping deal? And how did you, what was the, well, I guess, what was the first thing that you did when you decided that you wanted to pursue real estate or start diving into it a little bit more? Yeah. So the first thing was education. I read too many books on just real estate. I wanted to understand concepts, terms, processes. Um, I, I, I knew I didn't want to be a real estate agent. So I wanted to understand more of like the investing side of real estate and how did that work? And somebody told me about wholesaling and that's when I, I was like, okay, well, I can try this wholesaling and house flipping thing. Right. And I joined a local RIA, which I always recommend everyone to join a local real like real estate investor association. There is almost one for every I will almost say every county in the United States, right? But so like if there's one, if you can find one of those, definitely you join the one near you. Uh, that's what I did. And I started just making connections with other people that were doing the same thing. To me, that was super, super valuable because there's it's one thing to read things in a book and there's one thing to actually meet people face-to-face and them telling you their story on how they just flipped a house and you can ask them, like, how did you find it? You know, where do you find the money, et cetera, et cetera. So, that to me was super valuable and joining Daria, I met a lot of connections, met other guys doing house flipping. And so just from being there, as I kind of figure, okay, the first couple, couple of deals that I do, I want it to be a wholesale deal just so that I can understand more about the process. Wholesaling is less risky as far as like virtually there's no risk other than you losing the marketing money that you spend on trying to get the deal right. And then I can see what the flippers are doing once I sell them the property. And then I can learn from them, right? And in fact, the first... So you talked about the first deal, right? My first deal ever. I made every mistake in the book that you can imagine before I even got my first deal, right? I can tell you all of the ways to not do a deal because <laughs> I did it. <laughs> and But when I finally landed my first deal, I found it through... I was putting band designs. And I'm not advocating for anybody here to do this because depending on your city, it may not be allowed, right? So just make sure you check your uh, code enforcement rules on that but i was putting band designs and finally a lady called me and said hey i'm, I'm interested in selling my house i went to her house met with her uh, we, obviously housing a lot of work she had just inherited the house uh, from a friend of hers who had passed away and she was an elderly lady and she did not want to deal with the house at all right she says it's, it's, it's got a mortgage plus my own mortgage so it's too much for me so i mean this house needed like six thousand dollars worth of work here in florida's a lot california might not be right and i already had connections with a couple of buyers that i wanted to that i knew that they were ready to buy a property right so as soon as i put the property in the contract i reached out to those buyers 
And I ended up selling that contract to them. And I always go back to connections and building uh, relationships with people. So what ended up happening is I had like three people wanting to bid on that same property. And one of them, his offer was a little bit less. Like his offer to me was less than the other two. But I wanted to learn from that person, you know? And I told him, I said, dude, I can probably sell this property to these other two people for like 10 grand more. But I don't care too much about the extra thousand dollars. I care more about building a relationship with you and learning from you. And he saw that, you know, so he really took me under his wing and just started teaching me a lot of things. So that's how my first deal ended up happening. He took it over. Obviously, they flipped it and it was a success. Uh, And I was just kind of tagging along along the way, just learning from the process. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. It's so cool that you were able to recognize the relationship side of things, that it wasn't just a transactional thing, but you were looking you know, down the road, down the future. How can I grow faster? Even though I had to maybe take less of a profit on this one deal, but who's going to help me get there to the next level faster? Who can I learn for from the most? And you saw it more as a two-way streak and how do we help each other instead of just a one-off transaction and then just selling it to the highest bidder. And I give you total props to be able to see that, especially you know you. where you're at being your first deal and everything like that. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so then after you did some wholesaling and then flipping, kind of bring us to where you are today. And how did you make that transition from there into where your focus is now? Yeah. So multifamily was... So what we're doing now, we are... We help... We're a private equity firm on the multifamily side. So we help with the, on the equity on, on most deals, right? We raise capital and we'll bring that capital to deals with sponsors that we like and trust and the investing areas that we like. So... The transition ended up happening because I had always wanted to go into multifamily. I just, it's kind of part of the, the, what we talked about before, right? I always want to see how the bigger, the better, right? So multifamily just seemed like the thing that, all right, if I want to do real estate, I, I would need to do big things, right? And multifamily is like huge. So I need to be in that space. But I always thought that I needed to start with single family homes, which is not the case, but I did not find out until later, right? So about... Two years into my real estate career, I said, okay, I think I've got enough. I feel more comfortable with real estate and the things that are happening and and the deals that I'm doing that I feel I can take the next step now towards trying to learn about multifamily. At the time, I thought it was just like one person that is actually buying a whole multifamily building, you know? So I just, I will do the math and I'm like, man, how much, what kind of multifamily building can I afford? So uh, which is a totally wrong concept to think about, right? It's like, I, I treat it as if I was going to shop with grocery shopping at Target, right? Like how much money do I have and what can I afford? Pay it uh, all in cash. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I realized through building more relationships and networking with people that it, it's multifamily. That's not really how it works, right? It's typically, it's typically more, most buildings are bought, are bought through like syndications, 
and there's a couple of people that get together to put a deal together. So uh, that's when I realized that if, if I can add something of value to another syndicator, then I can start getting uh, pieces of those deals, right? And I found out that I can start putting my own money on deals as well and start getting passive income because I just never, I understood the concept of the multifamily as far as like the economics go and the returns. And I never wanted to place my own capital into single family homes as to keep them as rentals. I always just wanted to put the, my money in, in multifamily deals, right? So I started investing as a passive investor on multifamily deals. And then eventually I be, I started raising capital for deals as well. So that was my transition point, just learning from other guys that I could just add one piece of the puzzle to getting a multifamily deal done. How did you start up building up those relationship with the sponsors? Like what did what were those conversations that surrounded the potential of working together as a team, joining as part of the general partnership group to bring in some capital through your network and your investors? Yeah, those relationships typically evolve from meeting uh, people in networking events or masterminds. I will not consider just simply partnering with someone that I just met online, if that makes sense, because I think it's, you know, everything online can look pretty cool. So I, I like to at least build those relationships or, you know, having gone to their property, seeing the property, see how they communicate. Some of them I've invested in actually in some of their deals as a passive investor. And so I put sort of like the first guy going in, putting my own money with them and testing it out and see, seeing if I like the communication, seeing uh, how they're uh, managing the project, the business plan. And then after that, I just see what they're doing and I just propose to them, hey, uh, I like what, you do, what you're doing for the next following projects. Are you ever looking for capital? And if so, if there's a way that I can help you out. Just let me know. And most people are pretty receptive to that in the multifamily space. And with the environment today and how people are looking at real estate and the focus that's on it right now, what are your investors looking at within real estate, within multifamily? What's their sentiment? And um, are they optimistic about the future of real estate, multifamily? Or are they step, taking a step back a little bit and kind of waiting to see you know, how things shake out? Yeah, it's such a weird, very, very weird dynamic. I don't know if you've seen this, but I noticed that there's people that have been investing in real estate for a long time and and they understand the mechanics on how everything works and they're not worried about it. They keep investing just as strong in, in real estate. There's people that have always invested in the stock market that they know that they're going to have to put their money somewhere. And they're like sort of putting two things in the balance. And they're like, all right, the stock market or real estate. And they're saying, I know the market is sort of uncertain, but if I have to pick one of the two, I'm just going to pick real estate because it's still better anyways, right? So I have a lot of folks coming from that with sort of that mentality, you know, that they're telling me, hey, man, I'm, I'm putting my money somewhere anyway. So I might as well just put it somewhere that I can trust a little bit more than the stock market. And I got other uh, investors approaching me that are just completely on the sidelines. They're just not even, they don't They don't know. They've never invested in real estate and they just don't understand what's going on in the market. So they'll rather wait and see what happens. What's their biggest concern that you've noticed so far? I think it's, I think it's they, they remember the 2008, the crash, uh, the financial crisis. And I think they remember a lot of people losing their houses. And I think that something like that will happen again. I try to, I think for us that we're in real estate, we know that that's not, how things work, right? Like it's not 
there is too many pieces of the puzzle and there are so many different circumstances that play out that I try. I don't like to convince people because, you know, I can probably persuade them and give them all these arguments as to why it's different. But at the end of the day, if they're not really feeling comfortable investing and then they end up investing and and let's just say, I mean, investing is risky, right? Let's say something does happen. Then I will feel bad of me having pushed them over the edge to invest when they probably shouldn't have, right? So, so yeah, so I'm just, I just like to put content out, uh, educating people on what's going on. If they give me a reason why they don't feel like it's the right time for them to invest, I don't really pursue any farther than that. You know, I just, I don't try to like overcome any objections or give them any reasons why it is. And if you were to look back, you know, when you first started real estate to where you are now, is there maybe like one thing that you can pinpoint that contributed to your success or to drive you to where you are today? Yeah, I'll say massive action. I don't know if that's what you mean. I don't know if you, I think you meant like a specific pivoting point, right? Not like what activity or like yeah there was if there i don't know if there was you know some people can pinpoint maybe they met a person or something like that and that changed kind of like how they um got into the deals it was just having that first conversation i didn't know if maybe in your journey something like that had happened or if there was something pivotal you know when you first started and maybe like when you started seeing the success in your real estate yeah and i i cannot like bring it back i feel like it's been a constant sort of linear maybe not linear growth but just a constant growth of changes and improvements as i go i don't feel like there's been one specific point at which something drastically changed i would say probably the biggest one is just the book that i read which was rich dad poor dad and i know many people say that and i I think it's just such a mind-opening book right that's probably the one that has caused the biggest trajectory of changing my life Everything after that has been pretty consistent going in one direction. But from that point, that from the moment I read that book, it was just like my mind just split in two and I went fully in one direction. I'm curious to find out also is after you read the book, some people can get into the, oh, this is great. This is interesting, but I'm not going to actually go and do the steps, take those actions like what you mentioned earlier, take those max, massive actions to implement the things that you've learned and to start living that lifestyle that you kind of imagine or hope that your life could look like. What was it about it that drove you to start taking those massive actions? I think it was more the feeling. I think we're driven by pleasure or pain to take action towards things. And at the time, I was really, really, to me, my pain, and this was like, I know this is, sounds probably not the way I'm about to say it, but to me, going back on more trips and being away from home was like extreme pain, right? That was like a huge driving factor in my life that I did not care what I had to do. I knew I had to do whatever it took to make it work so that I did not have to be on someone else's schedule. And that just, you have no idea how obsessive I became about just consuming any piece of content that I could about real estate, because the pain of going back on another trip was so great that the work that I had to do was just so minimal. And so what is next for you and what's your next focus here? The next focus is I want to be the next Blackstone. I went into the private equity side of things just because I like, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, the one up here is uh, what it takes from Stephen Schwarzman. He's the founder, CEO and founder of Blackstone, right? And that book just 
exploded in my mind, right? It was, uh, it talks about all about uh, private equity firms and how they work. And that entire world is just fascinating to me. And that's one of the things that attracted me to private capital as well. You know, um, I really want to go farther, deeper into that space and help as many people as I can get returns in good assets, you know, and hopefully pull as many people as I can from the stock market and put them in, in real assets where they get their money is safer and they get better returns. And Satch, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Oh, it's, it's been it's life-changing. I did not know that I was going to completely leave the, my W-2 job, which was the airlines. I thought I was just going to kind of have both in tandem for ever, I guess, you know. So it, it, when the pandemic happened, it just the ability of me being able to have support our lifestyle and, and continue to grow and financials, you know, not, not just financially, but like in our family relationships, you know, going on vacations and all that. It's just truly amazing to be able to find another different space in which I was able to do that. I always just thought of very linear of like, I'm going to go to work, have the W2, trade my time for money, and I can use that money to supplement our lifestyle and, and go on trips, you know, but now it's, it's, been an awesome experience to be able to go into a completely different space and have to be able to do that. We use real estate towards everything in our life. And if there's one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? That don't worry about making mistakes. You will, I think sometimes even to myself to today, you know, sometimes I hold back from doing certain things just because I'm afraid of making a mistake, but it's just inevitable, you know, just make it happen. That where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing here? Yeah. If anybody has the same feelings that I had when I was an airline pilot, you know, and you want to gain some of that freedom back on your schedule, go to grab one ebook that I have. If you go to my website, burnhercapital.net forward slash ebook, you can download that book. It's completely free. I walk run through over what a syndication is, how it works, what to expect, how to tell the good guys from the bad guys, and how you can get started investing in passive in real estate deals. Awesome. Satch, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate all of your time. Hi, Aileen. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.